Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. 1133, welcome back. We are uh, having a good time here at uh, The Buzz. Nice to have Joseph Pinion, future Razorback, or I guess current Razorback now, drop in. And uh, it was good to good to see him. Yeah, you can move that however you need to. Just get right up on it if you can. A uh, couple of special guests in the studio. And this is a guy we've been talking about for a few days now, and I've been following his story for some time now, knowing he was going to be in town. we got a couple of events that he'll be involved in um, over the next couple of days here in Central Arkansas. But Aaron Chepanek is here from Smoke Wagon Bourbon, and Anthony Eckert is here as well. And I will tip my cap to Anthony. A, he helped bring Smoke Wagon to this market, but also he's the one that turned me on to it. And as soon as I got on, I'm like, uh, I don't know a lot, but I know for sure I'm going to have to get me some more of that. So, Aaron, it's great to have you in. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. Appreciate I've, it. I've watched you do about, uh, I don't know, four or five podcasts, and uh, those guys are like, it's funny because we're, we're radio guys, but we're not bourbon nerds like they are, and they're clearly bourbon nerds, but not radio guys. So it's very insightful, and sometimes I'm, I'm like really intrigued by what you have to say, but how they get into something, I'm like... Come on, guys. <laughs> pick, it up, pick it up, guys. We're talking about bourbon. This is exciting and fun. And it seems like some of those interviews, I'm like, this is the exact opposite of how I perceive you. You're kind of a man's man. I mean, I, I mean, this guy's about cars and motorcycles. I love him. I mean, you are. Uh, He's bidding on a car right now. It's well, like they're trying to today, hopefully. Yeah, yeah you're like okay. We're not this, telling you which one. Though. This, he's, <laughs> he, he's into motorcycles and he's into cars. I mean, it's not like he owns his own distillery. Oh, he does. Okay, cool. I mean, you've got basically the dream life for a lot of dudes that listen to our show. I think that's part of uh, like how why people you know really have a connection to the brand is because you know if you go back and look at the old videos, it, I was doing everything myself. You know, we didn't have. A ton of money. It's not like we, we got into this as a sort of a business investment or it was a hedge fund or, or anything like that. And just um, and I'm having fun. You know, that was the thing. There's like a lot of things. you There's a there's a lot that you look at. and It looks like people are like every day we kill ourselves to bring you the best. I'm like, kill. this is fun, man. I'm having a great time here. This is my life. Are you kidding me? Like it's 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 a it's a good uh, it's a good time. And it's creative process. And that was one of the reasons when. I was in the bar business and started transitioning out of it. I just, once I got older and I wasn't crazy and didn't want to party all the time, I realized that, like, I was kind of intellectually and creatively bored because, you know, designing the bars and everything was great, but then once they were open, you're just managing stuff, and I just want to do something new. So a lot of our listeners, and even probably smoke wagon drinkers, don't know your story, which I think is fascinating. You're a Jersey native, right? Well, I was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. My family's from Jacksonville, Florida. And then we moved up to South Jersey, so my sister and I could go to a good public school, but my father hated it up there. And so every summer, we'd either go back to North Carolina or North Florida. Okay. Yeah. He and said I was growing up a rude Yankee. That's <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a very nice Yankee to us. So uh, where did you finish, like, high school? Uh, in New Jersey, but okay. I spent a year and a half in Scotland. Yeah, my, my father was a scientist, so he did a sabbatical at the University of Dundee. And so we stayed in... Newport on Tay, which was across the Firth of Tay from Dundee, and I went to school in St. Andrews, which was like nice area, but all my friends were from Dundee, and they were like the bad kids. <laughs> how did they perceive you? How did, how are you received over there? Well, that was a very long time ago, but it was good. You know, it was funny because they all use a lot of old English slang. Uh, you know, obviously it's saying I instead of yes, and but they say can instead of no, and done a can, and. And so by the time I was done, everybody thought I was Irish because of my combination. And then as soon as I got back to the U.S., everyone made fun of me because I had an accent. And so 
I lost it. So how did you end up in clubs, and how did you end up in California? Oh, I used to work in the film business. I was a teamster, and uh, before that, I did construction on, on movies. And so I just kind of just kept felt like, I don't know, nothing was really happening. And I, I just, I, I had, like, <laughs> I had an 81 Volvo wagon that I got from my parents that was not cool at all, but I could fit everything I owned into it and on the roof racks. And so I would just go someplace, and if I wasn't really feeling it, I would just move. And so I just kept meeting people, and they're like, oh, you know, if you come here, I'll do this. Like, so I met a buddy of mine when I was doing construction on a movie on Nell in North Carolina, and he was like, oh, if you move to Portland, get your commercial driver's license, you know, I'll, you can pull trailers, I'll let you pull the director's trailer. And and so I did that, and we worked a lot in Park City and uh, Salt Lake City. And then that was like really cool because I was young. I was like 25 and I felt like I was making a lot of money from, you know, but man, there was like no sleep. And I just, uh, I don't know. I just wanted more. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to LA and really, really try to do something in the film business. But it was too late. Like I couldn't really get an entry level job because they looked at me and like I was, oh, I was a co-captain. You know, being a teamster, you make money. Like, oh, you've made too much money. You've you've been a boss. Like, you're. We want like people fresh out of college that we right. can beat on. And then uh, I had this, <laughs> I had this other friend of mine. When I met him, he had been sober for. God, I went off a lot of time, so I'll try to keep this short. But basically, I met him. He kept bugging me to do a business with him, like just open up, uh, like an antique store, because he had all these antiques from when, <laughs> from when he was a speed dealer. and when i met him he was sober and so we did that and it was really cool um because everybody the area we were in la like la was like this it it was amazing because that was in 97 98 and so everybody left because of the earthquake and the riot Mm -hmm. and so like if i'd only lived there for a year and you're like how's la i'd be like oh man it's so cheap and it's like nobody lives there, and there's like no traffic. You can ride your motorcycle down Sunset Boulevard to the beach, you know. It was incredible, and that only lasted for a few years. And so from there, I just, uh, you know, I just decided I would rather be broke and have my own business than working for other people. Mm-hmm. And I got my wish. I was totally broke. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's a far j- jump to a club. I mean, so how do you end up in clubs? So, other I, than you know how to build a bar, main, main well, that physically. was that's kind of was a big part of it. That was uh, a part of the success. So, from there, I ended up uh, buying this piece of commercial property with someone. I ended up getting out of it, and I had this chunk of cash from that, and I knew this bar guy, and I was trying to figure out what to do next. And I asked him, "Hey, if we did a bar, how much would I make?" He was like, oh, you make this every month. I was like, okay, we're going to do that. Like, it had nothing to do with, like, I want to be the man or I want to, like, you know, I just was, like, looking. And so we got in there. We hired two guys to build it. One guy knew what he was doing. The other guy didn't. I was just like, this is ridiculous. I know how to do this. So I fired him and just went to Terry Lumber and bought tools. And the one guy was, he knew how to build stuff so that it wouldn't fall down and kill people. And I knew how to make it look cool Mm -hmm. from the film business. And so... I just uh, ended up building that bar, and, like, so everything was perfect. Every, like, every aspect of it. And that's where I met my business partner. He walked in. He had just moved nearby. And he was a writer? Yeah, he's a writer. At that time, he was a producer, and now he's a director. Okay. As well. So that's his main job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like, he wrote wrote The Rock, Jumanji, Armageddon, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. So he is a not-so-silent partner in the distillery, but... 
you're the you're the driving force. Yes, he's yeah. not on site. Is he, he not? He's, he's not, not on Vegas. site. Okay. Doing, oh yeah, he is in Vegas. Okay. But we talk about everything. But mainly, it's like you know, since I'm in it, uh, you know, I'll be like, I have an idea. And he's like, Why? I, was like, I can't explain it. <laughs> I was like, I just this just seems like the right thing to do. And he's like, Okay, cool, let's do it. You know, yeah. it sounds good to me. And so it's pretty unique. So we're talking to Aaron Chapinick. If you're just tuning in again, it's Smoke Wagon Bourbon, but also vodka was your first love. I mean, I remember my first love. It wasn't vodka, but <laughs> but nevertheless, that's how you got into to alcohol generally, and then obviously transition, I guess, just so you didn't die into yes, bourbon, right? Pretty much. Not a lot of guys go. I got to stay alive longer. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to bourbon and, and not like look bad physically because yeah. I started to look pretty. You could tell I was like there was a whole period where it was like. I could hang, and then all of a sudden, like... Yeah, when I, we were going out for our vodka in our Bloody Marys for breakfast, yeah. you were just getting in. I was, Yo, yeah, once the bar in Vegas opened, it was over. That was like, everything got accelerated. So you went from clubs in L.A. to Vegas. Yeah, I had one, like, neighborhood bar in L.A. Then, at that time in L.A., you had to buy a bar. You could not turn a retail space into a bar. My business partner who I met, he was like, oh, let's do a bar. And so I was like, oh, there's this deal going on in Vegas where uh, they're trying to turn this three-block section into nothing but bars because there'll be no gaming. Gaming is what dictates uh, all the um, restrictions because the casinos have lobbied. So we went out, and I just fell in love with Vegas, man. Once I went out there, especially once we started building the bar and I was like living out there, basically, that was kind of it for me in L.A. Gotcha. Just, L.A. was getting busier and more expensive and... So, I, I love the desert. So, again, I have to somewhat expedite. We've got about, I don't know, 17 <laughs> minutes left. We've got to get a quick break in between. But you, we, ha- we haven't even gotten to the bourbon yet. I know. <laughs> but, you, uh, but I think your, your, your Genesis story is remarkable and interesting. And, again, it's such an unlikely path to get there, right? I mean, it's yeah. not like my daddy owned a distillery, and so I followed in his footsteps. I mean, that's how it seems like. And whether yeah. or not they're true, that's how a lot of these bourbon stories go, right? Yeah, my yeah. daddy had money, and I wanted to go do, you know. So right. he's like, here you go, kid. So you're in Vegas, and you're like, okay, I can't can't live like this anymore. We're going to sell the juice instead of, uh, yeah. and, and you mean, I mean, sell bottles of it versus selling it by the glass. Correct. Yeah. Well, I just, um, at the time, it, you know, I'll try to keep it short, but I didn't really understand. I didn't know anything. I mean, I was better off than a consumer because I had retail. So I, I knew there was tons of smoke and every, every story was not real and things like that, sure. you know? But I still was like, oh, yeah, we're going to make vodka. Like we, I thought you distilled from scratch. I didn't realize you bought neutral grain spirit. And even when it came time to do the bourbon, so the, the reason the vodka like is really important is I designed the whole bottle for the vodka. And I know we're on radio, so you can't see it, but it has a Morgan Silver Dollar in the middle of it, and it's a round bottle. And that is the only bottle that still exists that is a round bottle with a piece of metal inserted in the front. And they told me you couldn't do it. And I was like, okay. So I took the design program that I built the bars with, and I engineered the bottle. I was like, look, if you put these little, you know, bumpers above and below the label, and do, it'll work. And they're like, well, I guess you're right. It'll work. And yeah, so, you're a lot more than just a guy who loves booze. I was listening to you do some interviews. You're talking about esters and things like this within the bourbon. Uh, but it's a whole, that's a whole other story I want to dig into on how you developed that and how you got into that. Um, again, some of it was... Uh, just for self-preservation, it sounds like. So we'll, we'll talk about that, which I love those stories, too. we got to hit a quick break. It's 1145. Aaron Chepinick is here from Smoke Wagon Bourbon. And 
What, what's the vodka brand again? Silver Dollar. Silver Dollar. Silver Dollar. Still getting used to it. Still getting used to it. I just became familiar with it. Yeah. I've been a, a, a smoke wagon fan for quite a few years here now, thanks to Anthony. But uh, I wouldn't lead you astray. Buddy, I trust you. <laughs> and again, I think, look, I think the coolest, I mean, it shouldn't be that important, but it is. I mean, it's everything. It's like you were talking about. Like, it's not just a bar you're opening. You're trying to make it look cool. Right. Like, the bottle that it comes in matters. It, maybe it shouldn't as much, but, I mean, obviously, if the stuff inside isn't good, nobody's going to stick with it. But I, I think it matters because, A, it's something you're consuming. Consuming, and B, it's got alcohol in it. You know, like if, if alcohol is bad, you can go blind or die. <laughs> right. You know, it's not just like oh, that didn't taste good. Yeah. So I, I felt like you know, if you want to trust a new product and trust the contents, the exterior should be like okay. If they spent that much time trying to make that look like this, yeah. Then what's in? They gotta hopefully uh, put some care into the, in, in, you know. Well, you guys have had a meteoric rise, which I think is also a cool story. And there is, you know, again, most of these well-known, sought-after bourbons have a, a long history. And the fact that you guys don't shy away from it, I love as well. I mean, you, you own it. And so we're going to talk about that coming up and sure. uh, your approach, the way you do things. And it's very, very hands-on. And you get to put the uh, the old noggin to work. It's not just the taste buds. Yeah, it's cool. 11.46, we're back in a second. 11.50, back in the zone. Uh, our friends are here. I'll just say our friends from Smoke Wagon to Expedite, but uh, Anthony's here from Central Distributors, and Aaron Chepanick is here. Actually, the company is Nevada H&C Distillery, right? Correct, yes. Okay. And the H&C are the... Hensley and Chepanick. There you name, go. Yeah. Okay. Our, our uh, very exciting story, our trademark attorney said... Nevada distilling was too generic, so we added agency. That is really creative. See, we <laughs> say we, you're putting your noggin to work yeah. on all kinds of things. So, again, Silver Dollar American Vodka. Don't sleep on that. That's an award-winning vodka, too, so let's not just yes. pass over that. I'm all about the bourbon. but It's one of silver every year it's been out. How appropriate. Well, that we told them we don't want any better. You don't want any gold? The, the colors won't match. It won't look good. Screw things up. That's a good point. <laughs> um, so how, how did the, or when did the, the rise of Smoke Wagon? I mentioned it. I mean, it's a meteoric rise. Well, you know, every every overnight success is a decade in the making, right? I would say it, uh, you March. You for every rock band that ever made it. <laughs> Everybody thinks, oh, my God, these guys are so great, this new band. It's like, we've been playing for 15 years. Yeah, I mean, we signed a lease in 2010 that we, that we didn't release... Uh, until 2016, and then I would say it was it really started in March of 2020. That was when things well, it really started in January of uh, 2020 because there was a California retailer that tried to steal a barrel from a bourbon club that was going to a different retailer. Uh, try to keep this one short too. <laughs> All these stories He's are a good so storyteller. Yeah, I can um, see why I've done a lot of podcasts. There's no limitation. So yeah, they and they ask two questions and it's two hours long. You know, so in California, the state law is if you have as a distributor have something in your warehouse and you don't have a purchase order from it, another retailer can buy it. So one retailer published online that they were getting this barrel. They didn't put in a PO, and another retailer stole it. And I stood up for the Bourbon Club. And nobody's ever really done that before. They're just like, whatever. You know, well, get your next one. And and so that, so I did these videos on Instagram. And that bourbon club, had he even his Instagram was 100,000 followers. So all these people started checking out our Instagram where I was doing these videos, explaining the industry, talking about what I was doing, having a good time, you know, which no nobody was, like, really doing that. Everything's just, like, bottle shots or, like, here's a model drinking our stuff. And mm -hmm. so... All of a sudden, people are like, hey, check out this Instagram. This is pretty crazy. And then in 
in March of 2020 is when we started getting new states. And to give you an idea, like I didn't want to go to new states because we didn't have the money to hire brand ambassadors or sales reps or anything. So I had to get talked into these states. And they were like, what are your expectations? I was like, I don't have any, man. Like, just so you know, like, I don't want to go somewhere and die, you know? Right. Because I come from the retail. I know I know what happens. And he was like, um, look, you know, we'll do like a pallet a month. I'm like, oh, man, a pallet a month. That's going to be crazy. That's going to be awesome. That's like our rent plus this. I can start hiring people. And so to give you an idea, a pallet a month would be like 900 six-packs. I think in that was Illinois. And we did 3,000 cases and pre-orders. And I was like, what is that? And that was just like me. And I just hired like uh, the, this woman, Lindsay, to do like some admin stuff and do the, start doing the federal reporting. And when she showed up, she was like, I don't think there's enough work for me here. I'm like, well, you know, we're going to see what's happening. We're getting these states. And then it was Colorado. And Colorado <laughs> was the same thing. And that was like a month later. And then, uh, the, then it was Texas. And Texas was like. You know, you hear these expressions like, oh, Florida, Texas, they're monster states. Like, even now, people are like, when are you coming to Florida? I'm like, I can't. I can't do enough. I know what it'll be like. It'll be like Texas. And their second order of uncut, unfiltered alone, like just one expression, not everything, for one month was like 5,000 cases. And I was like, I, I was like, I got to hire people. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was still scrambling trying to, you know. We just figured it was new, and, and we could get it out there, and then everybody would get it and would calm down, and it never calmed down. Yeah. You know? Was- so you are, again, I, we only got about four minutes left, but you've got uh, so you got a number of different versions, and you are kind of the, the taster. I mean, you bring in different so – I didn't understand how the process worked. Basically, you have a, a company or a distillery that makes so, – So we contract distill with MGP in Indiana. Um so every, every month they distill a certain number of barrels for us, and they stay out there aging in Indiana where it's nice and humid because if we did it from day one here, there's one guy that tried, and he would get 50% volume loss first year. Say for yeah. sure. So at industry standards, 10% first year, 4% every year after that. And then I'll bring the barrels in, and the old ones I found, like, once they've you know gone down in volume and, the, and they've aged a little bit, it's beneficial to age them there, even some of the younger stuff. Even, like, th- like summertime when it's 4% humidity – they change like in two months. And so I'll bring them in and then you usually have about, I can only fit about 180 barrels at my facility at any time. And it's like 90 on a truck. So we're getting trucks or barrels all the time from mm-hmm. Indiana. And then we dump them into all these tanks and they're all separate by their vintage and their floor and their warehouse location. Right. And then I'll go through all those samples and figure out a blend for everything. And how long does that process typically take? Well, sometimes it's like first try and other times. It's like, how many hangovers did it take to make this bottle? Well, well people are always like, why are you spitting it out? I'm like, because, man, if you don't spit it out, it you're right. like, yeah, if you don't spit it out, you're, you're on the floor. Like, I made the best bourbon in the world. And you come back the next day, you're like, this is not the best bourbon in the world. I was drunk. How many expressions do you offer right now? So uh, core expressions, we have four. We just introduced Uncut the Younger, which is a portable cast-ranked bourbon. Uh, the straight, which that only came out like like two years ago, and everybody told me I was crazy because they're like, "What are you gonna do? You gonna do finished stuff? You gonna do super crazy double?" Ex-? I was like, "No, man, I just want to do an affordable entry level bourbon. Nobody's doing it, you know." And I I really think that yeah, it's cool to have all the stuff you can collect. It's expensive, but I think people just want to have something they can buy and yeah. have and not worry about finishing it. They can always get it and it tastes good and it's one two double golds and a gold at San Francisco. 
Yeah, gold goes way better with those bottles than yeah. with the vodka. So that makes perfect sense. <laughs> you you don't you own that too. I like that. The fact that like there's something taboo about a younger, you know, bourbon and you are you're like, yeah, I mean you yeah. can make delicious younger bourbon. Yeah, I mean like the yeah, like Uncut the Younger that just came out, that's primarily right now that's four year because I have four year off high floors and it ages faster. Maybe one day it'll have five year depending on th- how things taste. But it's good. It may not be complex enough for someone, but there is nothing unpleasant about that at all. It tastes delicious. And, and there are people that will prefer that because most people don't like oak and that's very fruity. And But the thing is, it's affordable, yeah. right? You know, you see some, re- there's no. There's no MSRP in this industry. You can't tell a retailer what to do. Especially in, oh. in bourbon. It's crazy. And, yeah. And so um, so they're charging too much. But young doesn't mean bad, but it, it should be affordable. You Absolutely. Know? So. Well, I trust you, and I believe you that it's great. <laughs> but I think we should taste it just yeah, to be safe. So. Absolutely. So you're in town for a couple of days. Yes. I know you don't really have any public events. We'll have one we, tonight, but it's sold out so fast, right? We do have a couple public okay, events. Okay, go ahead. We're doing bottle signings today at Ace Liquor from 3 to 5 in Cabot, and then tomorrow at Colonial from three to five and we're also going to go see a few other stores and see the market but yeah it's a public tonight okay good there's a dinner tonight but it's sold out yeah. at cyper social so yeah, if you want to anthony knows better than me he just picks me up just, <laughs> i'm playing it. chauffeur this week you make, it's a pretty cool guy to chauffeur well, right? you make a carpal tunnel <laughs> signing yeah i want to talk to you some more about like uh your car and, and motorcycle love maybe you just stay for a few more minutes sure yeah, i want to talk to you about how you got into that your interest I, okay. don't miss out on your your purchase there though oh. either 1206 uh i hope you're having a good time we're having a good time so we're gonna keep doing that and and uh, if not, hey, listen, we're only going to go another 10 or 15 minutes with these guys. And, you know, I guess we'll do our normal stuff after that. I like getting out of the normal uh, rigmarole of just talking sports. Are you a sports fan? You know, not really. Okay. I, I, Respectable. It's okay. Most guys that like sports are like bourbon and girls. Yes. I do. It's not like it's just, um, I don't know. You're You're depending on these other people, and they always let me down. Yeah. And I can't take it. Your bourbon never does. <laughs> Your bourbon never lets you down. That's good. We're talking to Aaron Chepanek, if you're just tuning in, and Anthony Eckert is here as well. He's with Central, and uh, obviously, well, not obviously, I guess if you're just tuning in, but uh, Mr. Chepanek here is with uh, Smoke Wagon and Silver Dollar Vodka. Smoke Wagon bourbon is one of the, uh, really the hottest brands around. And if you haven't had it yet, I mean, if you drink bourbon, I definitely encourage you to try. What what is the What would you consider to be the most entry level? Oh, the straight bourbon, the 92.5 proof one. Okay, now that's that was another thing I wanted to point out, and then I want to talk about some things outside of bourbon, but uh, I don't, I wouldn't call it hot flavor-wise, but there is not a lot of low ABV bourbon no. coming out of your place. No, no, especially because so, even something like that, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not chill filtered. And so, I mean, these terms get thrown around a lot, and not everybody knows what they mean, but basically when you chill filter bourbon, it has fat in it. And those are uh, lipid esters. And so the alcohol dissolves the fat. And that's why you say, oh, if you add some water, open it up. And you'll be able to taste it. But the other thing is, if you bring the proof down so low, the fat's not dissolved anymore. And if it gets cold, it'll return to a solid state. And that's called flocking. And so when you chill filter something, you you put it at a low proof, usually like 80. This is 92.5 proof. I've seen it flock like way below zero, but it's high enough so that when it warms up or if you agitate it, it, it dissolves it. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is that is going to insulate your palate from the heat. So even though it's 92.5 proof, which is like if you're, when you're coming from 80 proof stuff, you're like, oh, my God, that's so hot. 
it doesn't taste it because you, that all that fat's coating your tongue and it makes it all creamy and buttery and mm-hmm. and so the 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 heat's like nice like yeah you know, it's like milk with cookies. There you go. I cool. think you just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> right. If you make one that's 103.7 uh, proof, will you let us know because I want to buy a case. Oh sure, I'll, I'll hand it out to all my friends. You'll probably make that happen. The closest, yeah, the closest I came was uh, Desert Jewel, that was 104 proof. Okay. Yeah. We can round up. That's fine. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk about your other interests. So cars and motorcycles. What, what's, yes. Where did your love of uh, vehicles come from? Man, you know, I don't even know. It was definitely later in life because when I – well, when I was young, I always liked cars. But motorcycles, uh, when I moved to Portland, uh, I was like probably like 25, and my friends had bikes. And I bought a 71 Honda CB750, which back then nobody wanted them. I mean, they – all my friends had like black moto guzzies and BMW slash twos, and I was like, oh, or I was like, it's orange, like it's all pretty. You know, I was like, cool. And the one I bought, the guy had totally hot rodded the engine, but it had stock suspension, the swing arm, the bushings were all like messed up, and so that's what I learned to ride on, especially when I moved to LA in the mountains, and that thing would flex on me in the middle of turns, things like that. And so um, I don't know, I just always loved them. I love dry. I mean. I, I love everything about them. I love, uh, like, even buying Harleys now. I love, like, building them. I love building cars, like my 70 Monte Carlo uh, 454 SS. You know, put Global West suspension on it, did all this, like, really cool stuff, but still has a stock interior because I, I want that analog experience. I mean, like, I'll put 8-tracks in them, or they come with 8-tracks, you know, because yeah. I throw my phone in the back, and you just – you're tuned out. And especially there's a couple – it's not like when I lived in LA, I could go up Angeles Crest or canyons and things like that. But there are like some twisty, twisty roads. Yeah, and, and I just, especially on a bike. What do you listen to on an eight track player? Man, st- like every you know heavy metal. Where like, do you get eight tracks? I used to be able to get them on eBay. Yeah, it's gotten harder, and there's guys that rebuild them because the splice will break and the pads will be will be bad. Yeah, and I, I can't do that little tactile stuff. I just end up breaking everything. You can just build, like, cars and create <laughs> yeah. bourbon. Oh, I don't build the cars anymore. I, I just write the checks now. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I grew up on 8-tracks. I mean, I, remember, I miss those days, but yeah. uh, I mean, we did kind of improve to they some s- degree. But there's something cool about it, the nostalgia. It, it, it sounds good. Does it? Yeah. yeah it okay. sounds really good. You know, it's very warm. It's interesting. And, uh, and it's cool. Well, yeah, yeah go ahead. Where did the name Smoke Wagon come from? Oh, so Silver Dollar being the first. The, you know, the Morgan was the currency of the Old West, and so I wanted to keep it Western. And so I got I, I looked up this um, online dictionary of Old West slang, and at first I was like, oh, I either wanted to be guns or alcohol. And all the alcohol names were, like, not good. You know, it was like coffin varnish or family disturbance. I was like, I'm not going to call it family disturbance. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember going down the list with my business partner and i got to smoke wagon he's like smoke wagon what, what do you think about that i was like man it's my favorite honestly and i was like i've got the logo in my head i can see it it's gonna be bad and he you know he's a film guy and he like recited the line from tombstone you oh know, yeah you can skin, that skin that smoke wagon, wagon. Yeah. yeah i was like maybe it's not as obscure as i think and so uh we went with that one because the, they just made sense the morgan being the currency of the old west and Mm-hmm. You know, smoke wagons, old west slang for the Colt single action army revolver, the gun that won the west, and so yeah. just, everybody had a Colt on their hip and a Morgan's in their pocket. Well, there's nothing cool about <laughs> keeping your bourbon in your holster. Please get it out so <laughs> we can drink out. from it. That's yeah. good. Drink it. 
Uh, okay, so real quick, we'll let you guys get out of here. A uh, couple, couple opportunities to see or meet Aaron today. And, yep. uh, again, at your own risk, you may be with him 45 <laughs> minutes. He's a great storyteller. So, I think that's why, just going back to what we talked about earlier, why the brand is so interesting is Aaron's a big part of it, and the story is all 100% genuine. It's not a marketing you know, I had my grandfather died, and I found a recipe in his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're a huge Instagram guy, so if you want to follow Aaron on Instagram, what, what's your handle? It's just Smoke Wagon Bourbon. Okay, I'm following you on there, but I can't remember what what the what handle do you was. Mean, me personally, you personally? Oh, uh, it's it's dumb. I got to change it, but just search Aaron Chapinick and you'll find it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then, uh, but you're not on Twitter. No. Okay, well, you're not a sports guy, so that's a big sports area, and it's also harder to avoid politics on Twitter, so maybe you're not in any of that garbage. But I'm not into politics. Politics so. and sports. You're one of the few people I've ever met that can shun both those and still have a great life. <laughs> it's not that I don't I don't like politics. I, I like sports. I just don't follow them. I got gotcha. yeah. have you. Have you been to a Raiders game? I haven't been to a Raiders game, but I've been to Golden Knights. Golden. Okay. Everybody loves the Golden Knights. I would love to go to a hockey game. We yeah. need to go out there. I think we need to go to a Raiders game this Bo- fall. Maybe we can do both. That'd be fun. Long weekend in Vegas. I'd be about that. What, tell me what uh, what what's it like to give me like a one minute version of what living in Vegas versus visiting Vegas. I mean, do you have to keep the uh, the 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 I guess all the temptations at bay, or do you do you stick your toe in the water a little bit at the local offerings? I don't have the gambling thing. That's like, good. I don't, I don't get anything out of it. Um, no, I love it because uh, especially now that my schedule is different. You know, back when I used to be out all night, like I'd have dinner at ten o'clock. Now I have dinner early, so I can go to the strip and I can go to those restaurants and then. You can just get away, man. You just get out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, 40 minutes forty minutes from my house, I can get my truck and park, and, and I will be in the middle, like off-road, in the desert, high desert with Joshua trees and wild burrows and, you know, things like that, and just out there. Like, and it's cool. It's so you, awesome. you get it all. Yeah, that's cool. All right, we'll let you get out of here. Uh, real quick again, where can, you, where can they find him today? This afternoon, Ace Liquor, 3 to 5, and tomorrow, 3 to 5 at Colonial. Very good. And we're also having an industry event at our warehouse, Central Distributors, tomorrow night at 6, but that's just for licensed uh, retailers and restaurateurs. So if you're listening and you're a permitted uh, on-premise or off-premise accounts, come see us tomorrow night at our warehouse, 6 o'clock. So we're going to have some dinner and taste some of the bourbon. So, Or, or if you uh, host Q&As on occasion, you get to yeah, come too. Yeah, it'll be uh, special guest Justin Acre doing the Anthony, hosting. Anthony sounds good. He should be on the radio more often. I know it. I <laughs> he's agree. Got, he's got a good voice for it. Well, if he hits I a home start. run and brings in another great brand like yours, I guess he'll get a chance probably. So Some Motivation, Anthony. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Aaron, it's great meeting you, man. I I'll really was looking, too. looking forward to it. We'll, uh, I'm looking forward to dinner tonight, and we'll hang out tomorrow too. That'll be cool. Right on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sorry I couldn't couldn't get it all in. I'm just uh, good, good luck on the IROC. Oh, hey, thanks. So wait, how long is this uh how long does this go for? This uh auction? auctions? Oh, I mean, um Are you gonna be distracted at dinner tonight? I need your full attention. No, it pro- let's see, I'll tell you. Let's see if we can get bring this up real fast. I'll let you know when it's gonna come up. Um I'm not gonna tell you what uh what lot number it is. Are you uh are you team Depp or team Heard? Oh, team Depp for sure. Okay, good. All right, we're all on the same page. Yeah. I watched Public Enemies last night. That's just a great oh, yeah. movie. He's a, he's a good one for sure. Who's the most famous person you've met? I mean, other than me. <laughs> other than you? I don't know, man. I'd have to think about that one for. I mean, when I worked in the film business, I used to. I mean, I met Jodie Foster. I met Liam Neeson. Who was your best famous person experience? Oh, or was anybody a real jerk to you? Yeah, but I don't. 
I don't, want, I don't want to focus on the negative. Throw him under the bus. It's okay. <laughs> give me somebody good or give me somebody bad. I don't care. I, I mean, Jodie Foster, she was like, I mean, that was so long ago. I was so young, but she was like super nice. Like, yeah. She talked to the, all the crew. She, you know, she, I mean, that was, I can she see was that. huge back then. And, uh, and, and yeah, she was like, she was super down to earth. Really great. Okay. I really want to go to break and hear who you hate, but I'll, I'll ask you tonight. <laughs> we'll get a couple smoke wagons in you. Thanks I'll for ask having you. us. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thank you. you bet. Thank yeah. you. All right.